This is episode number 507 of the Health and Fitness Podcast, brought to you by Inner Fight in association with Smith Street Paleo. Hop over to smithstreetpaleo.com, check out all the yummy paleo food over there. Welcome back to another edition of the show, and this is the very first episode of our series. The new changes to the podcast, we're going to be running a series through the Sunday shows, and this is episode one. We're talking in this series about the rise of ultra running, and who else better to get with me on the show than our own endurance coach, Tom Walker. This is a four-part series, episode one today, what is an ultra? We're going to be focusing on that. Then we're going to hop in next week to episode two, why is ultra running actually rising in podcast 509? We're then going to talk to you about how to train for an ultra in episode three, And then finally, to close out this series, we're going to explain to you how you should get involved and what are the first steps. This is our first series, four episodes. It's called The Rise of Ultra. I really hope you guys enjoy it. So here we go. This is number one in our series, episode number one of series number one. And what a great way to kick it off. What a great person to have here to kick it off, Tom Walker. Oh, man. The rise of ultra. <laughs> yeah, what a rise it is. It sounds like almost a, uh, it, 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 when I, when I came up with the title the rise of ultra, I was like mountains and out of the valley of death and stuff like that. And so, mate, hopefully we can, uh, we can deliver on that. But mate, yeah. I want to ask you, because you're the geek, what is, I mean, we better start by defining what really is going on. What is an ultra? An ultra is any run race with a distance greater than a marathon right so basically basically that i mean that's which mate what's your thoughts on that like if i do 45k have i really run an ultra like is there an argument there what's really going on to me an ultra i think is over 50k right i know some people out there define it as being 100 miles yeah i think that mate that's where some of them really started as well wasn't it like the western states 100 is one of the oldest ones that we've been able to find started in 1974 yeah i was not born yet definitely wasn't. <laughs> you you weren't born yet but i was i was only four years out but i mean mate so the point is is that this thing called ultra has been around for really quite some years already yeah it has and but it, it was uh i think most of the time back then it was like uh, endurance horse racing or right. like sled dog racing. Sounds so much better. Yeah, or like <laughs> old trails that used to be like horse and carts were pulled along and then it just became like, oh, I bet you can't run it. And then right. next thing you know, someone's run it or a journey that someone used to have to do and it became like an iconic journey that then got a race built around it. I mean, mate, let's talk about that a little bit. If we go on your definition, anything longer than a marathon, so you say like it has to be at least 50 for it to be to be normal. But, mate, until recently, like a marathon for a lot of people is something huge. Why do you think it evolved sort of starting in the 70s and we're going to talk later in the series about what it really is today but why do you think people just wanted more i think it's it's why people climb mountains it's why you know you get ultra cycling it's someone does breaks a barrier like the four minute mile and then suddenly in the next year like six people manage to do it so it's like someone's run a marathon and then gets comfortable running that marathon pace now how comfortable can you get running like the 50k how comes we get running 50 miles and it just it's human nature to just constantly want to outdo 
I mean, I, I guess else. like you said there, mate, that's how it started. Like it starts with these races are dog races or dogs on sleds or, or horse races. And then someone's just turned around and gone, well, why can't we run that? I mean, yeah. that's really how, if, if we look at the sport that you're heavily involved in, that's really how Ironman Triathlon started, yeah. wasn't it? What's tell, us, tell us a story about that, mate. Well, they, they were, um, you, they wanted to find out who was the most all-round all-rounded athlete yeah and it was like was it swimmers cyclists or runners well, I, I think they were life uh surf surf lifesavers surf yeah lifesavers yeah so then they just came up with a race that involved all three and and look what it's built to today i mean can you imagine those eight guys standing on the beach yeah in kona like yeah. and now what it is today is how did they get the distances though for that mate do it's, you know the backstory there i don't it was to do with the swim distance was to do i think with one island to another right and then the bike distance was, I think, pretty much around the island because it wasn't always yeah. originally from Kona. It was a oh, different island. So it worked out to be 112 miles. Right. And then I, I don't know why it happened to be a marathon. Obviously, I guess it's yeah, just, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. So there's, there's always so where we're getting to sort of, you know, is that there's always been this thirst for to go a little bit longer obviously as humans we we a lot of time we're focused on going faster it's exciting when usain bolt runs faster yeah. but then not everyone's going to go fast people are just going to go longer exactly and i mean mate that's really if, if we look at it so, some of the stats that we've got here for you guys i'll just read these off because i haven't been able to recite them for you but the western states 100 remains which is a hundred mile race 160k race remains one of the most famous races that has been running since 1974. That's the oldest one we could find. Obviously, if you guys have something a little bit older, please email us, winningatfi.com. We'd love to hear from you. After that, mate, it's, and this is probably one of, I think, one of the driving forces, definitely outside of the US, is Marathon de Sable. Yeah. You found out a bit of background on that and what happened in the first race. Yeah. Well, the what I was amazed to know is the first one wasn't a race. It was a yeah. guy... Um, who you said still is involved with it now. Yeah, it, I'm, I'm 99% sure that it's the guy, Patrick Bauer, that started the race. Yeah, and he just set out to cross the Sahara, yeah. completely self-supported, had yeah. a backpack with all his water and food in, and he think, I think he said he was going to take him 12 days. Yes. And then off he went. And then the following year... Um, I think they were 23. They called them the pioneers. Yes. Then went and did they it. took. And Patrick Bauer is actually French. He's still race director of the race, and he's at every single stage. He's at every single camp. He blabbers on in French. And when actually, I mean, this is this is a lot of the population that follow ultra. Like in France, it's huge ultra racing. So I think yeah. of Marathon de Sable, which to give this some scale is one of the biggest races. There's it's a multi-stage race, which we'll go into as well. Is that it is. 1,000, when I did it in 2014, it was 1,000, or 2015, 1,300 people. It's amazing. So from Patrick going, and we're now sort of 34th or 35th edition of the Marathon de Sable, which I think, mate, I don't know, it's hard because it's a race that I've done, but it's almost like it's almost like the race that you have to do. What's, what's your thoughts on that, sort of coming from the endurance world? On like, is, Does Marathon de Sable set the standard? Is that what people measure off? I think if if you've done marathon de Saab, people know you're you're pretty legit in in what you can do. Yeah. Um, personally, I don't I don't get that excited for it. No. Myself, Why? I don't know. I think now it's everyone I speak to is like, oh, it's an amazing race, 
but then they reel off like five things yeah. that make it not so yeah. amazing. And they're like, I've done it, but you've got to travel. Yeah. It's really expensive. Yeah. You've got to do, you've got to have this in your pack. It's really expensive, all the training, all the gear, the equipment. And I think part of Ultra is stripping everything back to being like, raw the and, adventure and you can just go pick up your bag and run yeah and yeah. this doesn't sound like that's yeah what it is. i think it's a really interesting point mate more races that are, are going around at the moment there's two other big series that i've known of and that we want to highlight here so if people are under, want to know what ultra is don't just look at mds don't just look at the western states go and have a look at racing the planet website they do four races a year they actually do a and they search for like a grand slam winner so the right. big challenge there was about six or seven years ago they actually they've changed a little bit they're in namibia now they used to be in the sahara they've got one in the antarctica so in cold they've got one in the gobi desert and they've got what they call the atacama crossing and what they did at the start which goes into what we we're saying before is they challenge people to finish all four races within a calendar year right because of the toll ultra takes and these are these are multi-stage races as well and that's one thing we should say which we should have said earlier there's two types of ultra yeah. sort of jumping around a little bit here we'll come back to that in a second but i think it's right what you're saying about mds a bit there mate is that now that there's a lot more choice out there somehow that race doesn't sound as attractive as it once did but i still feel that like you said if you want to be proven in ultra running mds it. is a badge you want to have we'll go into the costs and stuff about them later on in the series guys and, and how you can get involved but what i want to speak about mate is one hop back to that different types anything over 42k you define it as it has to be 50 which i'm i'm quite fine with there mate yeah but we see different types we see single stage and multi-stage races talk to us a little bit about what the difference is and the makeup of these single stages you have a, a start point and a finish point and you get to that end point as as quickly as you can so you might not sleep you yeah. might but it's, it's completely up to you. Multi-stage is you have one set route, but it's broken up into different stages along that route. So right. Marathon de Saab, for example, is, uh, is it 350 no, uh, 250K over six days. Yes. So, but one of the days is super long. So it's like about 85, 90K on one day. So again, if I go back to my experience when I did it, 36K, 36K, 38K, 90k was the longest long day because yeah. it was the 30th anniversary and it always finishes with an exact marathon 42.2k on the final day so you have the fourth day you have the fourth day and the fifth day to finish this very generous cut off 36 hours <laughs> you don't want to use 36 hours because no. it's carnage so you you basically as soon as you get in you have the whole of the next day to rest and then you have a 42k so you have a marathon through the desert on the last day on the last day Whereas, like, the boys who did Oman, UTMB Oman in um, end of last year was 140K, which you could easily make a stage race. Yeah. But it was a one-hitter. Yeah. It was a single stage. Yeah. And, you, and you just got done as quickly as you could. Mate, what's your views on, let's, because there's a lot of argument within the ultra community, which race is harder. You were saying there before, you've heard about MDS, maybe it doesn't compare, and you've heard about other stuff. What's your views? What's harder? Multi-stage, single stage? How do you see it? I think both are equally hard. I think two, they both take different types of training. If you're doing a single stage, then you need to just have an absolute diesel engine and be a bit smarter with your pacing, fueling strategy. I think on the multi-stage work, 
you've got to be a bit smarter around your recovery uh getting your head around going to like sleep properly and waking up the next day and going again Filthy, dirty yeah like not having the comforts uh being controlled a bit more like you can't on a single stage you you're you can control most things yeah right yeah. whereas on a there's a lot more variables that can come into play on a multi-stage like someone might take the spot you wanted to sleep in or the tent might not be set up quite right yeah. it might be a bad bad night there might be wind you might feel like you want to carry on running but the stage is finished you can't yeah like, you've got to wait until the next day to go again and you, plus as well mate like you you'll feel pretty good on the first or second day but you've only done like 20 30 percent of the course so you've got yeah. it you've actually i mean the strongest and that's why i always planned it the, the strongest day that we had was actually on the last day of mds on, on multi-stage like you've got to be ready to you got to hold run a whole marathon on the last day yeah and you get you almost get the finish line feeling like a lot of times and yeah. it's almost misleading yeah like the first two days uh, i mean the most i've done is a three-day one yeah and you finish on the first two and, and all you're thinking is I've got to run again tomorrow. Yeah. And everyone around you is like, yeah, well done. You finished. Yeah. You're like, it's not, yeah, it's not, it's not <laughs> over yet. I think that's what, I think that's what makes multi-stage quite interesting for me. Actually, the first, the first ultra I did was a single stage race. So I sort of entered it by mistake and it was a 300 K single stage race, which to be honest, yeah, big mistake to make. And I, I pulled out, failed at 160. But the point there is that like, you kind of need to, if you're thinking, and that's what I want to aim this a little bit at, this series a little bit at, if you're thinking about getting into it, you do need to be a little bit careful about how you go into yeah. Ultra to have, like, for, for me, that failure spurred me on and, and made me want to experience things differently, and I'd already registered for MDS, so it was kind of like, I knew that going to MDS, it'd be quite a lot easier than a 300k single stage. Yeah. But that's what the beauty is at the moment, mate, is that there's so many of these races coming that people can enter, you know, they can enter here in Dubai, 22nd of March. You can do a 60K race through the mountains. So is that something that you think people, is there, I mean, we speak about in triathlon, this rite of passage, you should do a sprint or a super sprint if you're really starting out until you get to an Ironman. What's your thoughts there? Yeah, I think you, if you, you've got to be pretty naive to just go straight into a, I'd probably say over... 100k for a single stage as a first time is would be pretty amazing to be able to do yeah but i don't think i don't think you should go in at the deep end with it i yeah. think like the 60k stuff works really because well, you're going to yeah. do it in training anyway yeah if yeah. you've got a good coach yeah. yeah so you may as well make them into events and learn from those events as you yeah. go so kind of like the nature of training for it will make you sort of dip a toe in first then go in a bit further up to your waist before you go into chest before or neck height go ahead dude. yeah otherwise how are you training for it like yeah i think that's it. i think that's important mate and i think that's one of the reasons why people have a bad experience is because they're maybe not training properly for it they maybe don't have that coach to help them and therefore they don't do those distances yeah. so the first time like I, I i remember speaking to some people the first time in in mds that they went over 40k was in the middle of the sahara it's mad it's it's absolute madness you have no idea how you're going to be at that point yeah exactly another another race organizers that is worth or there's two more that we want to flag up that if you guys want to understand a little bit more more about what ultra is there's one called beyond the ultimate these guys organize again three or four races across three or four different continents very different 
terrain as well. And then what we've been sort of promoting on the show recently because the race is very close to us is Ultra X. These guys are a new outfit. They've their second race. First one of this year is in Sri Lanka in April. I'm taking a few guys down there. Then they have races in Jordan and two or three other countries as well. So the point there, mate, is that we're seeing this thing called Ultra. We started out with these guys in the 70s and 80s. We've now got, like, we've just rattled off a really small portion. Marathon de Sable, Racing the Planet, Beyond the Ultimate, and Ultra X. Like, there are literally hundreds of thousands of these races. And you can almost, like, travel the world doing yeah, them all they're, just, they're in lo- like iconic locations yeah uh, i know the one one i would love to do is the machu picchu one yeah right because i'd love to just go visit there yeah and see it and, and it's like well we may as well do a race may as well while you're there. Race. the final thing for for this first episode folks is a little bit on the price of these races as tom said that earlier marathon de sable can be it is probably one of the most expensive ones it's about four four and a half thousand pounds which when you consider you're carrying all of your own stuff through the Sahara, you could probably offset that. The opportunity cost of that and a five-star holiday in a resort somewhere <laughs> is pretty straightforward to do. But what, what I really want to highlight, and it's not a shameless plug for these guys. I know they've been on the show and we've been pushing them a lot. But the Ultra X guys, I'll tell you more about their event when I come back from it. But they've come to the marketplace with a race for a thousand pounds which is very cheap or 1200 pounds which is really super cheap so there we go folks that is episode one of the rise of ultra what is an ultra hopefully we've given you a little bit of insight and few of the companies to look up if you're thinking of getting involved make sure you tune in next week in podcast number 509 where we follow up this series with episode two under the title of why is ultra rising